0: Welcome to Defender. I'm your host, David Marsh, and today we have an excellent show lined up for you with special guest, Mike Sinella. Right, Defender would like to welcome Mike Sanella to the show. Mike has been a branch manager at Securitas, area VP for LPL Financial, board member at Vallecitos Water District, and is currently the security manager for General Atomics and a city council member for the city of San Marcos. Welcome to the show, Mike.
1: Hey, David. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: We've known each other for quite a long time, about 12 years. And um, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to sort of... Uh, can I hit the backstory of how how you and I met?
1: It was like a typical, you know, vendor customer uh, kind of you know meeting opportunity to get to know each other, opportunity to get to know what your products um, could do and what 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 value they could bring to our security program. And I can't I can't believe it's been twelve years. That's uh, that's just yeah. remarkable. But um, but it was I thought it was a very productive meeting that we had. And what I really liked about it is you came across not just as someone who was knowledgeable about what you were talking about. Um, but you also were very genuine as a person. And I think that's why 12 years later, we're still friends. And and over those 12 years, while we weren't always doing business together, we, we stayed connected and we would meet up every once in a while. And I, I don't honestly, as a, as an in- end user, um, I don't do that with a lot of my vendors. So um, I think that, that, that speaks volumes about um, again, everything that you were bringing to the table that day, but also you as a person.
0: I appreciate that. Uh, I think it's, it's a, it's a neat story of just how, um, you know, you go into an environment and I think you guys were pretty, pretty far down the road of of looking at a, uh, a video surveillance technology. And, you know, how, especially at that point, because IP was fairly new, where you have new technology coming in and then you sort of have these promises from from various vendors and they were not really talking too much about the compression, uh, and how that was going to affect your network. And of course, now you're kind of relying on, on your it department for that. Yeah. And so I think that was sort of the, the, the reveal was, well, this is what the impact's going to be over here versus, you know, getting, getting this and getting panoramics and, and, and all the rest of uh, the video surveillance side. Uh, so that was, that was a great start for sure for the relationship. And, uh, I, I appreciate that. You
1: probably remember, but we were having bandwidth issues already. And so bringing on the wrong product would have just compounded that issue. And uh, I really appreciated the transparency that you brought to that discussion. And um, and even to the point where maybe it wasn't beneficial to you to do so, but you still did that because you were looking at it from a long-term standpoint. So really, really thank you for that.
0: No, absolutely. And uh, and like you said, here we are 12 years later. So I guess that, uh, that shows you that do, doing something for the long term for the, your your customer is just really important. And uh, I wish more people um, did that because I, I think, you know, in the long, the long term of things, uh, that's what really matters because people move around and people change um, quite often, as you know, in this industry. So uh, that's an important thing. So I wanted to kind of get your backstory. I mean, I, I kind of ran through, um, you know, your bio where you came from, but... Um, you know what? What kind of got you interested in the security industry? It's always a little bit different every time I I talk to somebody about that.
1: Yeah, it, it, my my security story is is probably not as unique as you might think it is, but it's not really exciting. <laughs> so so I started off um, way back when when I, when I was going through college. I was a security officer for a technology company here in in uh, San Diego in Rancho Bernardo, and uh, had zero interest in actually doing anything in security. I was studying to be um, either wanted to be a, a high school civics teacher or a U.S. history teacher in high school. Um, and uh, but as I as I spent a couple years at this company um, learning their program, getting to know the people. And then they've of course got to know me um, as I right before I was about ready to graduate. They they said, hey, you know, we we know that you you're, you're going in one direction, but if you'd like to stay, we'd like to give you a promotion and, and, uh, you know, have you stay with us. And, and, uh, at the time it was, uh, it, you know, it was a place that I was comfortable with. I was learning a lot. I was being challenged. Uh, and the, and then the money was better because in California teachers just, especially back then didn't make a lot of money. So, um, having yeah. just about ready to get out of, out of college, um, and, uh, I, I accepted the position and then, and, and I've been doing that. I've been in the security slash enterprise risk, um, world for, my entire career now so it's been 25 plus years and uh i've done a, i've done I mean, it hasn't always been security i've done business continuity and some other um some other principles within this the the risk world if you will but um yeah it's been a it's been a great journey um and uh and it's all i know now so i'm stuck in here
0: <laughs> yeah I mean, it's it's just funny how you know you you sort of get in this world and you and then like you're saying there's just a lot of different kind of um subsets of that
1: there is and then the principles of what what we do can be applied across every industry right I, and over the course of my career i've been in you know start off in that what, working at that technology company uh, i've been um you know involved with biotech companies i've been involved with uh, you know financial services companies i've been involved with defense in the defense industry um and, and it's really the 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 regulations around what kind of governs some of the things that you have to do from a security standpoint might be might be different. Might it might be different uh, agencies that you have to comply with? Uh, in defense, it's DoD. Energy is DOE. Um, in financial services, it's Finra. And in biotech, you know, it's FDA. Um, but the the concepts of what they're looking for from an access control standpoint, from um, you know. Your your in insider threat management programs, all those things, your your business continuity uh, uh, principles and and redundancies within what you're doing to be able to continue to safeguard whatever it is that your your company's working on. Um, they 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 remain the same. You might tweak them a little bit, but they don't they don't differ uh, you know too much from industry to industry.
0: Yeah, and then and then of course you as a in, in security you're touching every single department within within those companies too.
1: That's true. Yeah, I mean, it, ultimately, if you have a really healthy security program, especially on the physical security side, uh, your goal is to try to to uh, create a culture of, of you know security and safety, and you want all of your employees, one hundred percent of your employees, to um to to be security minded, especially if, when you're in certain um, industries like when um, in defense, for example. I think it's 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 pretty much uh, kind of common sense that what what defense companies do requires uh you know all the employees to be engaged sometimes they'll have to have different levels of clearances so they're they're going they're already going through a little bit more scrutiny uh just to be employed there and so um yeah you want to build that culture but it but you know you have you you have responsibility for emergency response so so every employee needs to know who to call how do i escalate an incident um and and that's just the you know the starting point and so it's uh yeah, you touch everybody. I mean, we most places that I've worked at um, the you know the, the security team was part of the new hire orientation presentation, right? And so we would, you know, get up there and uh, and and touch the employees from day one.
0: Yeah, that's that sets the whole tone. So, you know, in terms of what we've seen over the last decade, I mean, you've been in the industry for a long time. You know, first, it was really this convergence with with IP. And where do do you see it going? Now, there's just so much new uh, sort of innovation happening at sort of a breakneck speed. What's hit your radar? It's
1: moved. uh, It's moving so fast. I think for us um, currently, uh, we're not we're not currently using a lot of cloud based solutions. um, And I think we're going to start going that direction out of necessity. Um, That'll probably be the, the biggest change to answer your question. But uh, yeah, I, I went to ISC West, uh, and, you know, a few months ago. And, uh, you, you know, you walk every time I walk on that floor and, and you know, you might think it's only been 12 months that have passed, but it's just, there's just so much evolution in the technology. And, and, uh, I think we're going to probably talk a little bit about AI and, and uh, robotics and some other, uh, tech, technology in the future, but, um, yeah. it's, it's all changing and it's going to continue to snowball faster and faster as, uh, as the years go on.
0: Yeah. I, I can't believe how much it's changed just in the last 10. Uh, and now it's like, you, like you said, it's, sort are of speeding up as, uh, AI robotics, things like that are, are started entering, uh, into the mainstream, uh, where that was pretty fringe, maybe five years ago drones was just sort of getting into the into the mix maybe in 2015. Um, but I was going to ask you, you know, you've been on both sides of the equation as a system integrator. what, what what's one one of those things that you you look for in a good system integrator what makes a good system integrator when you're working with one
1: you know what's this, this may be a surprising answer to i I'm, I'm not sure but for me you know as i was young younger in my career i was you're, you're more in the weeds right and you're you're a little bit more hands on you're more involved with the um you know the installation the project management all of that from a day to day standpoint as i as I continue to, to advance in my career um you're less involved with those day-to-day things. And so what What I really look for with an integrator and what I've had a lot of success with the, the two or three key integrators that we use uh, on a fairly regular basis is that uh, I want to be able just to just say, I need a camera over there or I need a card reader over there. I don't, you know, it, there was a time when I would put together an entire, you know, scope of work and okay. And I'd, and I'd have all these details yeah. in there. I, I don't have time to do that, you know, currently. And fortunately I have people on my team now that can do that for, for me, which helps. But um, at the end of the day, it's so much more efficient for me to be able to have a, a good relationship with an integrator, just to be able to say, I need, I need a, um, a solution over here. And then they'll, they'll build a proposal around that. And um, of course, you know, you want to compete that to make sure that you're, you're, protected from a fairness standpoint and everything in the company's protected sure. but, but at the end of the day to to be able to, to rely and trust on, on an integrator to be able to give you accurate information without having to ask a lot of questions and, and what I've also found is the more you, you the more you work with the same integrator that they, they become a lot more knowledgeable of your of your systems that you have in place and so they're um, they, they have less questions which is which is also nice and that helps that efficiency and uh, that's really what, what I look for. And, and I know that doesn't really sound like anything too exciting. Like you might've been expecting something different, but um, it's really just having that trust with an integrator to, 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 to know that I'm going to get this, the right solution at the right price um, and, and, and not really have to spend a lot of my own personal time, um, you know, explaining what needs to be done.
0: Yeah. You're, you You want to hand that over and know that it's going to be executed well. And, and like you're saying like camera placements a great example where they're not pointing it in the wrong area or or positioning it wrong you just know that they know their job they're going to put it in exactly where you you would have put it and so the more you work with uh, folks like that yeah it's just it's just uh, a lot easier for sure definitely what's the hardest thing about researching new solutions that you find you know you mentioned IC West and of course you know it's just massive right there's really no way to see everything so most of the time research comes down to you know getting on the internet looking at at information and then trying to muscle your way through you know the marketing stuff and and try to get sort of the answers that you're looking for what what are some of the challenges do you have on that what's what's that like typically
1: yeah I mean I, I think you hit it on the head David it's it's just that there's so much out there um, I mean I, I I mean if you look up just CCTV cameras right and you're gonna get you know, um, literally hundreds of thousands of different options. And um, I I think that's part of the challenge. But I, I think the, the solution to that is is building those relationships like you and I have. I, there's been a few times over that 12 years where we just got together and you had a new a, a new product, a new solution that you were working with. And you just wanted to, you weren't even trying to sell it to me. You just were trying to educate me about it and, and let me know what it was, uh what it was all about. And, and that's helpful. And I think as a, as a security leader, you have to invest that time to go to those conferences, to know what the latest technologies are, to build those relationships with the key people. So you can sit down with them in a conference room and, and actually, you know, touch, touch the solution and, and have, you know, ask questions about it and have a more, uh, a deeper conversation about it. Um, you're right. I mean, the, 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 the big challenge of, of just getting onto Google and, you know, searching for stuff, there's just so much garbage out there, to be honest, so much noise that's not really helpful yeah. to that, that search. And so um, investing the time to to uh, to actually meet face-to-face with the right people and go to the conferences and, and learn and educate yourself on, on those types of things is, is just so critical.
0: Yeah, and then there's everyone's environments a little bit different. And so you have to think about, you know, how's this going to integrate into my environment? Yep. So you sort of get these hypotheticals with with a lot of the, the vendors at first, and you're like, well, what does that look like? And what's the, the behind the scenes kind of cost of whether it's infrastructure or anything like that, that you have to think about, uh, to actually implement that and, and get the results. So those are those big decisions for you guys as well?
1: Yeah, they are. It's it's a combination of making sure that whatever we're, um, whatever we're considering, it's compatible. And there's always you're always going to have the um, all the back end costs that you have to take into consideration if you have to change anything. Uh, the other I think kind of challenging part of of not not necessarily doing the research but um, making kind of a buying decision is you're, you're, you 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 want to build a program that is it's risk based and there's a lot of really super cool technology out there. and as a kind of a person that's been in security forever, I would love to have all these great gadgets and the, the latest of everything and um, but to to be mindful of you know the corporate dollars that we're responsible for, you try to build the right security program to meet the risks that you're trying to, to mitigate or manage and, um, and in doing so, sometimes you don't get the great, you know, the greatest technology that's out there because you probably really don't need it. It's more of a want to have versus a need to have. And so that's always a bit of a, a, right. uh, a juggling, uh, uh, you know, exercise for us as well.
0: Yeah. I find probably one of the biggest challenges for people like yourself in you know, in the, in the security side is they have to bring these things to their CFO and and then really justify it like you're saying on a you know life safety or you know what's the impact on this and and the for the dollar spent and that you know some people are better than others at that do you have any advice for security professionals that are kind of tuning in like they have to go before their cfo on this great solution that they like uh you know what's your your advice to them
1: yeah i think um to it's all about relationships, right? So try to, try, to the best that you're able to, try to build that a relationship ahead of time with, the, with your CFO. Uh, so it's a, a little easier conversation to have. Um, but I think the, the other piece of it is um, all of those agencies that I mentioned earlier, from the FDA to the DOD to the FINRA, um, they all have compliance requirements. So if you can tie what you're trying to do to meeting a compliance um, component to the, to the actual business. um, I think that makes it a lot easier because it's not, it it takes away that, that that want to have, and now it's okay. This is going to help us um, achieve this compliance piece of it, or if we're ever audited, we'll be able to use this solution to pull up the data to show that we we were doing what we said we were going to do from a security standpoint. And so I think if you can, if you can, um, have that conversation and you tie it back to the the core competency of the business that you're, that you're working in, I think it will really be, a, um, it, it'll help go a long way when you're having those conversations.
0: And we were kind of touching on this earlier. So you, you kind of got my, the wheels turning for me is, you know, you have to balance between insider threats and outside threats. Um, you know, what are the biggest challenges with that? And, and, and trying to sort of balance those two and, and, and looking at, um, you know, solutions for that.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think, Um, the the challenges would be the same as with any threat, but, uh, but with insider threat, you know, every, every company has insiders, insiders, right. And so there's, there's always a risk of that. And I think a lot of it just, again, depends on what, what industry you're in, what are you doing, but regardless what industry you're in, um, every company's got proprietary information. Um, There, you know, there could be, uh, you know, other just concerns with, you know, uh, workplace violence and, you know, everything that comes with having people right around. And so, um, right. I think part of the challenge is that this this kind of ties into how quickly technology is improving and evolving. But the act the access or the availability of personal information is so readily available now with, uh, with between our phones and our computers and everything else that we do um, that I'm finding over time uh, in recent years that you're having a lot more conversations with your legal department and your human resources department to um, to 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 be to have a conversation and, and also protect yourself from a, a potential litigation that of like not overusing this technology or misusing this technology in some way that um might in, in you know invade somebody's privacy or go go too far and so we got to that's one of the challenges that we're that we're constantly looking at and it could be even just from you know nowadays just even access you know control reports, right? And um, you know, yeah. you know, if you're looking at, you know, when did when did an employee access the building? How often did they come to work? They, we got a lot of those types of um, questions, especially um, during COVID when people were starting to go work from home. But when we were trying to, you know, have people come back to work and, and going into these different hybrid type of systems for uh, work from home and, and work in the office. Uh, There'd be some managers that really wanted their employees in the office. And so they start, you'd get these questions that come to the security department. Like, Hey, can I get an access report on, on John Smith? Right. And we don't, we don't do that. Right. And so not, not simply just for, you know, time and attendance. So, um, and, and, and that's at, that's at advice of, you know um, folks within the legal department and and others. And so those are uh, um, those are considerations that maybe we didn't, have to really take too seriously 10 years ago and um it's, a, it's just a different world that we live in right now because we have so much information and and so you you got to use it um appropriately and, and you got to use it wisely and so that's one of the big challenges from from the from the outsider um threat perspective uh you know it that really depends on what industry you're in because um if you're in an industry that's either a very high profile, maybe you have a high profile CEO that that's very recognizable, like a Bill Gates or something like that. Right. Um, that adds a different layer of risk um, to both principal and also the company. If you're in a if you're in a controversial industry where maybe uh, the products that you make, um, not everybody in the country or around the world um you know embraces those products or the mission or whatever it might be and so that, that you know that that could increase your outsider um risk and that's where it really you have to do constantly you're you're doing assessments of your of your program but also the, your threat environment and uh, and then ultimately you're going to um design and implement a program that um it's kind of an all risk approach but it's uh you know you're you're going to try to you know capture everything that that you know about what that, that threat environment looks like and build a program that's uh appropriate to meet it and uh and have different levers in place that you know different you always hear about the peeling back the onion, but different layers of the of your security program so that you it reduces your vulnerability, right? If you you know it gets it gets harder and harder as you get closer to the center of it. And so um yeah. that that's the key. But I think a lot of that 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 risk assessment part part of it you know ties a lot into what you're doing. Um, I think if you're, you know, if you're selling flowers at a flower shop, probably not too many people are going to be like looking in and saying, oh, I'm, I'm mad because you're selling flowers. But if you're if you're manufacturing guns or right. something like that, it might be different. Right. So if you're if you're manufacturing yeah. pharmaceuticals, you know, depending on what the pharmaceutical is, it could be controversial. So, um, you know, it really just depends on what you're doing.
0: What's funny to it reminded me of the uh, the chat GPT starts hitting and it went crazy. And then a bunch of these. Organizations, you know, uh, they're like, no, 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 no. We don't want uh, intellectual property going out the door because you guys are typing all this information into it. Yeah,
1: and it's, it's we're just at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the, the artificial intelligence and um, just all the different technological advances that are coming. I, I, I don't, we don't. I, I personally believe we don't even know what we don't know yet. So it's 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 coming um, for sure.
0: Man, isn't that the truth? Yeah, I think about. I mean, this is a good kind of thing to, to probably touch on. Is just you know your thoughts on AI, robotics, and you know high security environment. You know, do you see any risks of these things sort of entering in, even if they're security products? Like, what is your your sort of risk assessment with some of these this technology? Because there is, there is so much uh, to it that's very different.
1: Yeah, I think there's gonna. Sort of Before I answer the question, I think there's going to definite. We're definitely going that direction, and I think there's some benefits to it. I think it'll it'll help uh, um, security programs become more efficient in some ways. Um, Maybe there there, there could even be some long term cost savings. Um, There might be an an initial investment, but your your return on your investment um, will probably there, there could be depending on how you implement it. If you're able to save security officer hours and that kind of stuff um based off your uh the technology that you're implementing there might be um a way to save some money there anytime you enter um you introduce m- new technology to your program uh i think it's it, you have the risk that all of these all of these technologies communicating out there right and bringing information in putting information out and that's you know it's it's no different than how you have to password protect your 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 cameras right and so uh you you got to once you bring those those lines of communication into your program, then you're opening an opportunity for somebody to hack into it and uh, and and do things that they shouldn't do with it. So that that's your biggest risk. And so you have to protect it. You have to make sure that whatever you're purchasing has some safeguards built into it. And then you have to make sure that you're using it in a way. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it. Um, many times that, you know, you've had customers that don't even password protect their cameras. Right. And so, um, they can get, if you have the IP address, you can tap in there and you can watch the camera from your house. So, um, it's, uh, it, it can be dangerous. And I think anytime you're open, you have those lines of communications flowing back and forth in and out of your program. Uh, you need to make sure that, you you know, the wrong people don't get into
0: it. Yeah. Especially with cloud. You know, you're, you were mentioning that earlier. It's just like well, cloud is is great because the benefits are massive, uh, but at the same time, you have to. I'm sure there's there's a lot of check marks that have to go and, and be checked for you and you know the cybersecurity side where you have other departments that have to look at this, uh, you know, before that even goes out.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it goes back to your your. Uh your statement earlier about how we, we work with and touch, you know, all different, every department within the company. Um, I I mean, just in this short conversation that we've had, we've talked about, you know, our cyber team, HR team, legal team, you know, um, so, I mean, just, just in, you know, 20, 30 minutes of talking. Right. And so uh, it's, it's absolutely true. You're, you're, we're engaged with everybody.
0: And it has, has cybersecurity sort of, um, Made, made you evaluate security vendors differently now, you know, now that we've, we've, we've definitely moved from sort of the basics of, of IP uh, coming into the industry in the last, I'd say five years. It's definitely people kind of got a wake up call with uh, some of these vendors with, with being hacked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you read all the, I mean, you, some big names out there. I won't, I won't, I won't throw them out there, but big retailers, we've all heard about, you know, the credit card issues and, um, and uh, it, it's something I think that um, has been top of mind for for everybody in our security industry as we as we uh, shop for different solutions and and uh, implement them in, within our programs. And I think, that, again, not to not to you know keep repeating the same thing, but it's just going to become more and more of a priority as time goes on. Uh, we have, a you know, and we like every company nowadays has a, a cyber team and they're they're involved in all of those different um, uh you know, you know, con- you know, evaluations when, when anything that may not even be a security solution, it might be something else that the company, a server, the company's buying for whatever uh different reason. And so they're, they're, the cyber team's always part of that. Um, certainly, uh you know, one good practice is, uh is to, you know, kind of write some terms and conditions into your contracts. uh So that way you're level setting expectations and requirements, you know, um, from the get go. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a, it's definitely, you know, a, been been a big part of uh of our decision-making process and it's just going to continue to be, become more and more of uh, uh you know of a big part of that so
0: yeah i mean everything's basically a little computer at this point so i'm sure they, they touch almost every product yep yeah, for sure so w- what else is on your on, on your radar in terms of just the industry at large is there anything that sort of has piqued your interest in in things that you're sort of um you know looking at or, or interested in
1: yeah we have a, where I'm at now and over, over the 25 years I've been in you know a d- bunch of different companies where their programs were in different levels of maturity um, the program that I happen to be part of right now is is uh, fairly mature and, and is in a really good spot and so uh, we are look like I mentioned earlier we're, we're kind of looking at some uh, you know some cloud-based solutions um, and we're working with our IT folks on that. Um, but really, uh, you know, we're kind of in a good spot right now and we're not, we're not really actively out there trying to, uh, um, bring on new technology. Um, we, are we're, we're replacing and upgrading some of the stuff that we have. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, yeah, there's not an active push for a new solution to solve, um, a, a problem that we haven't already, um, you know, mitigated.
0: Nice. Well, I think that, um, uh, you know, there's, a lot of new new things coming in. Like like I was saying, robotics is is pretty interesting just in terms of augmenting uh guards and, and things of that nature. So that you know, you look at the the uh the stuff from Boston Dynamics, uh it's pretty interesting, especially if it's autonomous. And then um, you know, there's some other other solutions that are out there. So th- those are you know, another tool, right? And in, in the toolbox to to hopefully integrate. And that's really the big key though, is these things that really have to integrate with what you already have to make it actually a solution that that fits into that layer. Like you were talking about it, you know, it's a layered security solution. You're trying to have all these components, um, to, to complete a solution. And I think that the robotics component is really interesting to me together with AI uh, and AI, maybe making analytics actually very accurate. Uh, so you're not getting all these false alarms like, you know, we have in the past. Yeah. So, tell me a little bit about uh, what you're doing for um, you know, city council member uh, for San Marcos.
1: Yeah, the city council's uh, been great. It's, I, I was elected last November. Uh, prior to that, I was on the I was an elected member of the uh, the water board here in North San Diego County uh, for eight years, and so I I was fairly familiar with you know being part of a government board, um, but you know the the, the government scope difference between the city and a a water district is just night and day and so it's been a it's been a learning curve it's been exciting um for seven months uh, now eight months i can't believe it's august um and uh it's something that uh yeah i I was a poli sci minor in in college i've always kind of had a little bit of interest in in government and politics and um and i've been living in san marcos since 1996 so i um, that I've been involved in the, the, the community for a long time, and different uh, different groups that we participate in, and and some charities that we volunteer with, and um, it, you know, I'm the kind of person that if 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 I'm going to be part of a community, I want I want to give back. I want to I want to you know be part of the decision making process, and um, yeah. and so I, I, I after doing eight years at the water district, I decided to run, and um, and and one and now we're uh you know we're we're just again we're we're kind of in i'm in that, that the bit of that honeymoon phase where everything's still pretty good um that you know and i'm very fortunate that the the council members and all of our our staff down at the city um i mean san Marcos is a beautiful city right and so there's not there wasn't you know people ask like well why do you know what really drove you to do this and usually people run for office because they're upset about something that uh, either a law or something that's going on in their community. Um, that really yeah. kind of, it's usually a negative thing that motivates them to get involved and do something like this. And for me, it, it really wasn't that. It was more of, let's keep the good times going. Um, yeah, I always have, um, you know, a little bit of, of why I do this is because I want government to work better. And it's that kind of continuous improvement, in that corporate background that I have. And I try to apply that um and build that culture at you know at the at the places that i go to like either the water district or or, or the city um but san marcos you know we you know we have world-renowned parks and trail system um our public safety record is is great uh we kind of go back and forth as being the first or second uh safest city in san diego either one of those are really good spots to be um and yeah. so we're the education hub of North County with, you know, Cal State San Marcos and Palomar College. And we have a bunch of other smaller uh, uh, educational facilities. And, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a great community. And it's just a good way for me to give back and uh, have a little bit of influence on, on kind of the direction and the future of the city. And I just really enjoy it.
0: Well, it's grown a lot. Yeah, it has. Since we first were there, it's like, uh, wow, I, it's, it's more than doubled uh, since at least, uh, what, 15 years.
1: Oh yeah. I would say it's about, it's about doubled. Yeah. It'll probably over the last 15 or so years. Um, and uh, yeah, the, and, and growth is good, but with with growth comes challenges too, right? And so you have to keep your road infrastructure up. We work very closely with the school district and and the water district because it wasn't. I know we had a we had a wet you know winter this year, so water's kind of off the front page, but um, but it, it it's it'll be back on the front page you know in the future. And uh, we do live in a desert, and so you, you're always managing all those different um, you know resources that you have but you know it's it, that's you know you, you talk about growth and and even housing in general but that's one of the biggest challenges that we have is as um policymakers is that there's a housing affordability crisis and uh and so and and there you know you you just look at the markets and you can see that, that, that there's not you know rents are really high because there's not a lot of homes that are coming up for rent there's not a lot of home new homes being built so there's this, there's a supply issue and so you're always trying to, so you're 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 juggling these different challenges of um, finding the right balance of making sure that we have enough resources like water, or that our our road infrastructure can handle new traffic coming in, but also having enough, adding enough supply, or at least approving an, uh, enough a new building supply that you can help to at least slow down. I know that I know that that might even sound a bit comical right now because of the way housing. Uh, costs are going but to to at least make sure that there's enough supply coming in to to keep uh uh, the cost of housing um you know at least a little bit under control and and uh it's it's tough because it's just you know there's a lot of folks out there that can't afford um to either rent or or to purchase a home and uh and so you got to find that right balance but that's another reason why why i'm doing this because these are these are if these were easy issues then i um they would they wouldn't be issues they would have been involved (laughs) so um and so it's challenging and i i enjoy that and and i look at every decision that we make as a as a government body at least from my perspective is that it's all a balancing act and so you you know there's there's very rarely a hard a hard yes or a hard no Um, there's it's always some sort of compromise resources are limited fi- financial resources are limited. Um, and so you're, you got to prioritize and you got to find that right kind of balance to get everything done and meet all the needs of the community. And, um, and I, and I enjoy it. And so it's, uh, it's been a pretty exciting eight months and I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing to do it for uh, at least the next three and a half years. And then we'll see how the next election goes.
0: Well, it's, it's interesting. You touched on just the roads, right? Having the infrastructure there for these new homes are built. And how many times have we seen in, you know, in other areas where they build this stuff up and the roads aren't really addressed. And then there's just massive traffic, uh, that's trying to squeeze through these, these existing roads. So yeah, it's, that's a big one is having, um, maybe the developers think about that. Well,
1: yeah. A hundred, a hundred I, percent. I don't know. Um, when the last time you drove up the, uh, the interstate 15 towards, uh, Riverside and Temecula, but it's uh, it you know when I when I was growing up as a kid, you, you could fly through there any time of the day and uh, no problem. And now it's uh, you know you 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 catch it the wrong time, it's going to be a, a long trip. And um, and it, you know the other the other interesting aspect that I think a lot of people don't think about it when when we're talking about road infrastructure and traffic is that we also have to keep in the back of our mind that but uh, you know we talk about technology all day, right and and uh vehicle technology is changing and 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 so from what from the from the, the things that we hear when we go to you know uh, conferences and and ha- and listen to other subject matter experts on this topic uh, you know that that whole that whole um concept of driving on the roads and what that looks like it's going to be much more autonomous in the future um it, it and there's you know there's gonna be a lot of changes there so how much you invest in new road inf- infrastructure today you may not necessarily s- see the entire benefit of that um if if things change and, and from what we're hearing is things are going to be changing in in big ways over the next 12 15 20 years which sounds like a, a long time but like we, we've we known each other for 12 years and it didn't it's, it seems like it flies by right and so um so you, you again when 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 we don't have any, but we don't have any of our own money. We only have your money, right? It's ta- everything is tax dollars. And so we have to use it wisely. Um, and if, it you know, sometimes it, you know, if a freeway needs to be expanded, uh you have to really take into consideration how long is it going how long is it going to take to expand it what's going to be the impact on the drivers while the construction is taking place and then how long into the future will will taxpayers benefit from the from that expansion and uh and with technology changing and vehicles um you know driving autonomously and you can put cars closer together and and you know and really leverage the technology um you got it's none like i said earlier none of these uh None of these um, challenges that uh, communities and and regions have are 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 easy. And there's a lot of considerations that have to go into every decision. So it's uh, and again I, and that's that's part of the reason why I love it.
0: Yeah, I mean exactly. I mean, if there's no problems, you you wouldn't be involved, right? So, yep. but it, it's it's pretty neat to have your own backyard that you're inv- involved in your own community and and getting uh, getting to that level where you're 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 able to sort of be involved in the planning stages of, of some of this stuff. Because uh, you've been there for so long, too, so that's that's pretty neat, Mike well thank you
1: yeah i'm I'm enjoying it.
0: just kind of curious from from your perspective as a security professional, and I uh, value your your advice and and things. So what do you want to see? you know we're we're sort of building this uh, community of you know security professionals, and i I definitely want to talk to more on the on the end user side so they're able to sort of bubble up what what they're looking for. Uh, whether it's in vendors or system integrators or anybody, um, but w- what would you like to see on the uh, the defender uh, side of things? What what would what would be something that you would see as uh, valuable?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for I think what you're doing here with with just this podcast is is fabulous, and I think um, a lot of folks in the security world are going to really benefit um, from hearing from different perspectives and and different people in different industries that are that are still doing a a common, you know, thing with security. And uh, I think the more that you can have that conversation, like I mentioned, you know, I would meet with you and and other uh, key vendors um, over the years face-to-face, but this almost takes a, you know, this, you're basically literally taking a microphone and you're putting it out there um, and to where uh, so many more people who you don't even know are going to watch this and access it. And, um, and that, you know, will hopefully, um, maybe they'll learn something. Maybe they'll reach out to either you, me, or whoever else you're interviewing. Um, and it just kind of keeps those lines of communications and those those relationships uh, going. And um, I think that's really, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing because I think you're on the right track.
0: I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the goal is is to make it where somebody doesn't have to make make all the mistakes uh, that one would have to do before and and just find find information a lot easier as, as we're sort of going over, you know, going on Google is not easy. And then you have a lot of, of information to go through. Uh, so I'm hoping to, to, to sort of consolidate that, make one place uh, to make a little bit easier for people to find what they're looking for. But, uh, Super. it starts with people, right? Cause it's yes. typical, like you were saying earlier, that there's a lot of commonality between, um, just challenges that you have, whether, whether you're in, biopharma or corporate security, whatever it is, there's, there's still commonalities within, within the security. Uh, so hopefully as more of the, these great minds come together and, and, uh, and, and tell people, you know, what their experiences are, that that'll help uh, some of the people in in the, in those other industries as well. So absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks for jumping on. I really appreciate it, Mike. It was great talking to you again and, uh, Good luck with uh, with your uh, city council membership. I think it's awesome that you're involved in that and uh, hats off to you, man.
1: Well, thanks, David. It was great seeing you again. I really appreciate uh, you having me on. come on and uh, looking forward to uh, watching the finished product and um, reach out anytime, keep in touch.
0: Absolutely, you got it. Thanks, Mike. Have a good night, David. It was great speaking with Mike. I hope you enjoy the conversation and hearing from other security professionals. If you haven't already subscribed, click the link below Hit the notification bell for new episodes. And until next time, this is David with Defender.